Welcome to McKnight's Long-Term Care Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. Welcome to another installment of the McKnight's Long-Term Care News Podcast. This is Jim Berkland, and today we're going to go back five months in time to December 10th, 2021 exactly. It represents one of the most harrowing, yet most heroic nursing home stories you may ever hear. It was a much hotter than usual day in western Kentucky, and worries about possible rough weather were in the air. Nonetheless, there was the usual business to take care of at Mayfield Healthcare and Rehabilitation in Mayfield, Kentucky, and at its two sister facilities in town. By the end of the night, however, conditions would be anything but business as usual at Mayfield Health and Rehab. A tornado that would leave a 165-mile-long trail of death and destruction through five states would hit and demolish the 85-bed skilled nursing facility. But thanks to outstanding preparation and execution by local staff and its Clearview Health Management team, what could have been one of the industry's most tragic stories of the year became one of its proudest. Cassie Morris, the assistant director of nursing at Mayfield, was essentially left in charge there during the day while corporate meetings were taking place. Luckily for all, she didn't miss a beat. Cassie, that morning, what was it like? And you called a drill, didn't you? Absolutely, yes. Well, it was an ordinary day at Mayfield Health and Rehab. We had met that morning and decided um, with the inclement weather moving in that we would have a tornado drill. So around 4 p.m., I executed a tornado drill. We pulled blinds. We moved residents to hallways, offered them blankets, just the the ordinary tornado drill. Sarah Stewart is Regional Director of Operations for Clearview Healthcare Management. That's the entity that owned and operated Mayfield Health and Rehab when it was up and operating, of course. The company now has 35 facilities, 23 still remain in Kentucky, and there's 12 in Tennessee. She said, it's not uncommon. We had done drills before when when things happen, but you've always got newer staff that maybe weren't there the last time you did a drill. And um, it's just, you know, always good practice. So she said they decided to go ahead and um, do a drill that afternoon. It was an ordinary day. There was, um, you know, a broadcast that had come through, you know, several days in advance that it possibly could hit. You know, there was never anything definite. Um, that it would hit, but we wanted to be prepared. And even though you've done this before, I haven't asked this question. You had never had a tornado hit there before, correct? That is correct. So everything got fine-tuned about four o'clock in the afternoon. And then then what happened? So, I mean, the residents kind of went on with their days. Some had chose to stay out in the hallway, you know, just to kind of visit and um, things like that. Um Staff went home, you know, new staff come in, was kind of in between shift change. You know, the staff that were there, you know, we had prepared them as well. We went on about our our normal day, you know. At some point, though, you had to conduct business as usual, if you will, and continue to go on. Everybody wasn't saying we're definitely going to get hit. So what happened in the evening then? You went home, correct? Yes, sir. I went home. I later got a call. You know, we, we were kind of all messaging back and forth, like, hey, you guys get prepared for the storm. You know, there are watches coming through um, when the tornado warning hit. Bethany, the director of nursing, had spoke directly to the facility. Everyone was getting prepared. 9.30, I got a message from Mary, the nurse, um, that stated that we had been hit. 
I immediately got in the car, drove to Paducah, or drove from Paducah to Mayfield, excuse me. And it it was, it's indescribable, you know, the damage um, that I had drove up on. I had to park several miles from the facility and run to the facility. There were down power lines. Most of them were live at the time. Telephone poles, vehicles inside of people's houses. You know, I was running. It was very dark and still raining a little. Um, I remember running through someone's house, but I couldn't tell it was their house. You know, it was just so, so destroyed. I finally made it to the building and I remember approaching thinking, my goodness, you know, what what am I going to come into? You know, all the residents were so calm. Um, Being a nurse, um, I immediately started triaging the residents to see, um, you know, what type of care that they may need um, based on any injuries. What did you discover about the injuries and and, and any casualties? I mean, we had a few very minor injuries, um, a couple of cuts and scrapes. Honestly, it was it was it was amazing, you know, what. It's not what I expected. You know, we were very, very blessed. What were you expecting or should I say fearing then? I mean, with the look of the building, you know, I wasn't quite sure. How many residents did you have? 74. uh, 74 in the building. And all of them survived, correct? Yes. And staff members? All the staff members survived as well with no injury. You know, our, our staff were prepared. They were ready. Um, they knew what to do. We are a huge family. And, you know, our staff were going to do what, what we had to do for our residents. And our number one goal was to keep them safe. And that is absolutely what we did. Did you realize that you had run by fellow employees on your way to the building? Did you know that? I remember running, running past Sarah, our regional director of operations, um, I just remember saying, Sarah, it's bad. And then I kept running. No, we're walking and here this person comes. She said, Sarah, it's bad. We've got to get there. And and she runs past me and I'm telling her, like, slow down. Like, you're like, power lines are live. You know, don't hurt yourself trying to get there. You actually have three facilities in town that were potentially yes. in the path of some potentially severe weather. Actually, all six of my facilities, the you know, the 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 six facilities that are in my region were all under a tornado warning. So all of this is going on. I'm sitting in like just kind of I'm in my basement because I have a warning. So we're you know, I'm sitting in my basement. We're just waiting it out. And the first area was Fulton and Clinton, you know, because at that point, someone asked one time, like, was there any opportunity to have you know, relocated residents in the evening. And I don't think people realize like the way this, this tor- the path of this tornado was very wide and logistically you, there wasn't anywhere you could move people to that wasn't equally at risk. Um, you know, so, so you just had to, hunt. I mean, the choice was hunker down and, you know, use your precautions and do what you, you know, is, is best. So um, they did cut the power shortly after that. We were able to kind of hike in and get there safely. But immediately you walked in and everybody just 
jump in. It was like, okay, what, what are we going to do? And we found, um, we found mailing labels and some highlighters. And I think we found a couple Sharpies and we started saying, okay, we need to put every resident needs a sticker with their name so that we know who they are. And then they need a sticker, you know, once we've decided what facility they're evacuating to, they need a sticker with that. I mean, it wasn't a sophisticated system, but it worked. And the nurses, you know, like Cassie and the director of nursing, they were triaging um, the maintenance director and the administrator, Hughes. Um, they were, you know, cleaning up, you know, kind of some debris and things just to make it a little bit more tolerable environment, trying to work up some light, temporary lighting for us with some emergency powered um, lights and helping with some of the heavy lifting and things like that. And um, and then everybody else was just kind of keeping residents entertained because once we kind of got our system in place and figured out what we were going to do, we were calling churches, we called our sister facilities. They started bringing buses and transportation. The school system sent transportation. But once we had that going, it was just like, let's make sure that these residents are not scared. You know, let's make them feel comfortable. Let's make sure they're warm. Um, you know, found some emergency water and some, I remember there were like fudge rounds and oatmeal pies that had been on a snack cart that was still salvageable and, you know, did, did that. And, and, um, but the goal was there was potentially another round of storms coming through between three and 4 a.m. And that was our goal. It was this this building cannot withstand even just regular severe weather. You know, we were worried any kind of wind or anything that came through that the building wasn't stable. Um, and we got those residents out of there and comfortable and situated before the light of day. I pushed the last resident out at around 6 a.m. Um, and then it kind of hit me, you know, this is it. There's no more Mayfield Health and Rehab. Um, sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Well, then you really didn't end a night. You ended a morning at 6 a.m., correct? You got a little bit of sleep. Then you ended up back at Green Acres, one of the other company facilities in town. Yes. And everybody said, you know, there was a lot of hard work to do and you were working hard, but you were a little quieter than usual. Yes. Why was that? I had learned that my grandmother and aunt um, both passed away in the tornado in Dawson. That's nearby Mayfield? Yes, it's about an hour and a half away. Okay. Uh, Maybe not even that, maybe an hour. And yet you were back at work. Yes. People didn't understand that entirely. Well, you know... It was it was very tragic um, for our family, but you know I, I could be here for our residents. I couldn't couldn't change the outcome of what happened to them. With just a few hours of sleep, Cassie was indeed back for another twelve-hour day, helping patients who had relocated to Green Acres, another Clearview nursing facility in Mayfield. Family members had told her during the night that an aunt and grandmother had been missing, and then a cousin confirmed what the family had been fearing as Cassie headed back to work. Everybody looked at her like, like, why are you here? Like, and ultimately she was like, I can't do anything about that. It happened and I'm upset and it's horrible, but I can't do anything about that. 
my residents need me. And they have been through an equally traumatic experience. And I need to be here to help them. And the fact that like she was dealing with her own catastrophe and tragedy from the tornado. And many people never knew that. Like she shared that with us in the, the in the immediacy. But it was a long time before some people realized this, you know, and, and everything was delayed because of, you know, tornado cleanup. So it was a few weeks before I think they even had services for her family, you know, and she was able to really process it all. But um, she never missed a beat, never took a day off, never, you know, even with people trying to get her to take a day off, you know, because she felt like they needed her. So to me, when you are able or willing, I guess, to sacrifice your own personal issues, you know, or whatever's going on, for the sake of the residents that you care for, like that's a different breed of people. Wow. That is truly, you hear tales of dedication, but I don't know if you ever heard of anything that would equal that. Yeah, we were, I, I, I was very impressed and, you know, would like to say that, you know, you always would like to say that you would do the same thing, but until you're in the situation, you don't know. And um, I just, she kept her composure and she did what she needed to do. and. I'm not quite sure how she did it, but we appreciate it for sure. What goes through one's mind when you've been on two parts of this tornado experience, if you will? Uh, I mean, uh, you're going into the middle of it and then, I don't know, do you find out, wow, we survived and then we didn't? And how, how do you continue? I mean, you know, in every everything that happens, you kind of take a lesson with you. You know, it makes you that much stronger. Um, I'm definitely a stronger nurse. You know, um, we worked through it, and we have a new um, home. You know, a new facility. Um, I was transferred to a facility nearby, Green Acres Health and Rehab, and. Um, you know, it's not Mayfield Health and Rehab, but it is Green Acres and it is an amazing nursing home. Leaders like Sarah Stewart agree and point out that Cassie Morris represents many nursing personnel who excelled during that fateful night that caused so much danger and heartbreak across a wide path of the central United States. There was a lot of death that happened, um, you know, throughout that wave of storms and our outcome could have been much, much different. So we need to, you know, we need to share that, you know, while everyone was being told to hunker down that at home, that long-term care people don't do that. Like no one even thought about leaving. It didn't even enter their mind. It's no different than when we have snowstorms or ice storms. People pack a bag to spend the night because they know that the residents need care. So our people weren't asking to clock out or go home. You know, they knew what they were there for and they protected our residents. And I just, you know, in the midst of, uh, a real, um, what could have been a tragedy and, and was still very devastating, you know, to celebrate the outcome. And, and that's really what it is. And just to showcase that, that long-term care staff really are healthcare heroes. One of those heroes has decided she wants to be even more involved. Cassie Morris has decided to go back to school to become a director of nursing. 
Oh, I have always loved long-term care. Um, it's been a part of my life for 19 years. You know, I, I started long-term care at 19, 20 years old. So um, I've, I've just always had a heart for long-term care. And as staff and residents at Mayfield Health and Rehab will so vividly tell you, they're glad that Cassie Morris's heart and head and caring hands were with them December 10th, 2021, as well as in the hectic, jumbled days that followed. For at the tattered doorstep of a potentially devastating natural disaster, yet another inspiring chapter of outstanding caregiving and professional excellence was born. This has been another installment of the McKnight's Long-Term Care Newsmaker Podcast. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, this is Jim Brooklyn wishing you good health and outstanding days ahead. Thank you for listening to McKnight's Long-Term Care Newsmakers Podcast. For the latest in long-term care news, visit McKnight's.com.